0: Welcome, everyone, to episode 170 of the MetaBealers 2 podcast featuring featuring myself, Ben. And I am David. And it's been a while since we've last spoke. It certainly is. And in that time, the planet has started to burn in a a very, (laughs) very unappetizing fashion, especially on the West Coast, where David and I both live.
1: Yes, my part of Oregon is up in smoke. It's... Wildfire aroma and the air quality here is pretty abysmal. Worst in the world. Yes.
0: Um my air quality here in Seattle is not quite as bad as Portland, but it is certainly the second worst in the world. So, <laughs> yeah. So we're looking forward to um Rain. Rain. Well, I was going looking forward to, to boarding one of those uh colony ships to um that will allow um, I'm trying to remember the right you know, invasion of the dinosaurs. They're gonna they're gonna turn back time. And we're gonna mm. we're gonna be mm-hmm. we're gonna be deposited back in a paradise of, of dinosaurs.
1: A golden a age. A
0: new golden age. Yes, a new golden a age. A new golden age that involve us mm-hmm. and some dinosaurs it will be absolutely mm-hmm. marvelous.
1: And there's been another quiz of Rassilon since we spoke?
0: There has been another quiz of Rassilon. Um the uh, four to Zoomsday team came third this time round. Excellent. So we were very, very pleased. And the big news out of Quiz of rassilon on Sunday was that Lena, our star one of our star <laughs> question answerers, is gonna be a quiz master on the next quiz. Ooh, um, how
1: did she wrangle that? Is she gonna do it on Jamie?
0: Uh she's gonna do it on Jamie. She's the world's expert on Jamie. Uh, She's just wrote an excellent article for Sci-Fi Wire all about the quiz of Rassilon. And I think um, Mm -hmm. that attracted the attentions of Mikey and Ewan. Mm -hmm. And she, yeah, she's going to be setting 10 searching questions on Fraser Hines, a.k.a. Jamie.
1: So you're a person down.
0: Uh, Yeah, though we were talking about it after the quiz. And I think the idea is that presumably once she's finished, you know, doing the, the Jamie question, she can just rejoin our team.
1: Oh, oh good. Okay. So yeah. she's not like out for the talent. No,
0: I mean she's super smart and knows a lot about British genre T V, not just Doctor Who, so mm-hmm. I think we'd I think well, we came eighth last time and she wasn't around for that for that <laughs> for that round. So we do need her. We'd need her intelligence. Mm-hmm. A keen intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: great intelligence uh, great intelligence
0: perfect yeah and she she's, knows a lot about Jamie mm-hmm. what she doesn't know about Jamie really isn't really worth knowing and there is, a, there is a, a, even a slight plan to see whether we can get um, Fraser Hines to do some kind of introduction um, to ah, it depending that, on
1: that would be fantastic yeah
0: well he's a he's a super chap he's mm-hmm. obviously quite eccentric but <laughs> <laughs> deservedly so. so deservedly so deservedly so I think he's given so much to us over the years in terms of enjoyment mm-hmm. he deserves to be eccentric at this point so anyway, yeah, yeah that's the news. And yeah. any any Doctor Who related news from your neck of the woods?
1: I am just patiently waiting for my copy of Fury from the Deep to arrive. So
0: Indeed, indeed.
1: To watch it. And you're going to pick that up when you visit? Yeah,
0: I'm planning to visit the visit the UK. Home counties. <laughs> um, yeah, sometime later in October. Mm-hmm. And my plan is to get Amazon to deliver my copy directly to me. I guess I could just go to a shop. Actually, the trouble is with going to the shops: a) they're not open because there's a pandemic on, and b) you can't guarantee the doctor who will be, will be present at WH Smiths. So, and I don't really want to go to Swindon. Mm-hmm. So, I
1: thought all the social distancing had kind of fallen by the wayside in the UK. Uh,
0: no, they've got this rule of six thing now that they've suddenly decided they've all got to do, <laughs> which means okay, um, you can't gather in groups of more than six. Hmm. I don't know what that means. You know. So not
1: not enough to play uh
0: football or cricket? Uh professional sports are exempt. Amateur oh, okay. sports are not exempt. Hmm. The other quite galling thing that appears to be not exempt is is things like fox hunting and grouse shooting are exempt. So if you want to go grouse shooting on the Highlands of Scotland with your merchant banker friends, um you can go mm-hmm. wild. Have as many people as you want.
1: So you could just dress up in tweed.
0: Yes. Like
1: carry a sidearm and have a big party. Exactly.
0: As long as that party involved killing animals and wearing tweed, <laughs> um, you're golden. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I see.
1: Okay. Well,
0: never let it be said that Britain does not still have a massive class divide that is pretty much exemplified by our current government.
1: Yeah. Well, I can't say things are that great in the U.S. either.
0: Well, that is, you know, that is that is that <laughs> it, is also correct. It's
1: exactly. uh, it's the Anglo-Saxon world. Well, at, yeah. Uh, Actually, yeah. I think the Antipodeans are doing alright as far as I At least yeah, New, New Zealand, Zealand is, at least, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I have a I have a friend in New Zealand who I was texting last night and I think apart from he's worried about losing his job because <laughs> oh, okay. um, you know the economy isn't doing that well in New Zealand. Um mm-hmm. at least they've not all got covids and it's nice down there and it's not on fire, unlike Australia, which is.
1: Right. Well, yeah, that's the beginning of the year. Australia was in fire, and now it's... Uh, now it's
0: everywhere else. Left yeah.
1: coast of the U.S. now. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. Jeez.
1: But to escape our crappy air quality and whatnot, we should talk about Season 17. Pick up season with se- our Tom Baker retrospective.
0: Season 17. Let's crack straight into Season 17. All right. Um, 79. How old was I? So I am 12 years old. Okay. At this point. So I am starting to maybe think about ooh, maybe there are other things I should be spending my time with rather than watching <laughs> Doctor Who in some ways. Um am I twelve? Oh wait a second. ten <inaudible> Yeah, I'm 12. I'm 12. Or am I... Oh, no, I'm 13. I beg your pardon. I'm 13. So definitely um, a teen now. And I'm about to be 14, almost. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember being very excited for Destiny of the Daleks, because I like Daleks. Right. And I remember a mounting (laughs) sense of disappointment (laughs) as... As the episode slowly unfolded mm-hmm. um, and involved, in, you know, disco robots from the future and right. a an ill-fitting, ill-fitting, badly-talking Davros, mm-hmm. some really shonky Daleks. Right. And so, yeah, that was kind of disappointing, I'll have to admit. I, I really, I don't care for Destiny of the Daleks at all, I'm afraid. I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Well you instantly get Douglas Adams effect with the Yeah, instantly regeneration scene and a lot of uh a lot of the Douglas Adams humor is already permeated throughout the script. Yeah. And the Mavellums themselves are kind of interesting. I think they're Terry Nation's best new contribution to it, but he has totally forgotten
0: What the Daleks are. What the
1: Daleks are, yeah, Yeah. completely.
0: Well, I I mean, I think, I mean, now, I I think the Mavellans look kind of cool, because they're very retro. At the time, it was like, these are, I mean, finally, you know, the, you know, I think the cliche that people talk about, you know, the kind of melding of Doctor Who and Top of the Pops. Right. That is the kind of, you know, this is, they have finally melded together, and this is actually (laughs) Top of the Pops, and... And and Doctor Who in, in the same breath. I mean, I, I, I think also, I think the things that Douglas Adams likes and the things that Terry Nations likes, even though in some ways they were both humorous, at least Nation started out as yeah, that's humorous, were really very different. Hmm. They don't fit together very well.
1: yeah. It doesn't seem to have a lot of soul to it. It seems to be a Doctor Who by the numbers, and it's really evident to me that Nation is kind of leaning on all his tropes. And even the radiation sickness pills, which I think harken back to the very first Daleks, uh, he kind of loses that interest. Uh, Midway through the story. It doesn't seem to be much consistency throughout the story. And it just seems like, oh, the Davros was popular. Let's bring back Davros. And uh, I can't do the Thals because they're not robots. So I'll have Disco Thals, Movellans. In there, and so the story gets off on a wrong foot with the regeneration, and then it just never seems to recover for that with the rock, paper, scissors. And yeah, it just yeah, it just seems a little off, and it just even comes down to like Lala Ward tr- trying to do a reprise of Barbara in the Dalek City okay. way back 1964 when the Daleks crash through the uh, sugar glass and right, she's right. cornered and stuff. It that scene just drags on and on, and it just is not convincing and this is where the doctor really starts taking the mickey uh, out of the Daleks saying well climb up after us and yeah. why can't you do a stairs and it's sort of like that feedback on uh, jokes about Doctor Who and the Daleks feeding back into the show and so now the show itself isn't taking its arch enemy threat seriously.
0: Well I think we've said this before I mean if the show doesn't want to take its danger seriously then then the argument is, and then why should the audience take it seriously? You know, if you're not (laughs) going to take Mm -hmm. it seriously, then, you know, we're not going to take it seriously. And then we may as well all go home, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, you know, and again, I'm of course, I, you know, I think again, we've talked about this before, how as excellent as Terry Malloy became in the role of Davros in the eighties, you know, bringing Davros back was a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I even, Back in 1979, I really didn't buy that Davros had just been sitting there for <laughs> thousands of years, hundreds of I years. Guess, it's yeah, not really clear yeah. how mm-hmm. many eons he'd just kind of been sitting there because, you know, I mean, I know he's kind of a mummified individual anyway, but, you know, mm-hmm. I even he's just not going to last that long. I mean, that's just right. not possible. I mean, yes, right. I mean, if there'd been some kind of suspended animation, but, you know, I we'd seen him exterminated. We'd seen him we'd right. seen him destroyed right. by his own creations in a really satisfactory manner. Well, satisfying, right. satisfactory, in a really satisfying way. And now mm-hmm. all of a sudden, here he is again, and his mask doesn't fit because they couldn't be bothered to make a new one for Dave Goodison and, you know, mm-hmm. wish it was, Michael Wisher wasn't available. So, you know.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. There's good parts into it. I think the location filming is pretty good when the Daleks aren't in it. Uh I like uh, Tim Barlow's Tissan. The Mavellan actors are very good looking models. It's you can you immediately buy that these are uh sort of like serious cybernetics of Douglas Adams. These are plastic pals, you know, they're they're meant to be perfect looking um beings. That I think all that is good concepts. But then having this robot race Go into the newly robotized, uh, robotized uh, Daleks. That's where it kind of falls apart. And then having the Daleks walking through the sandpit, the pieces just don't congeal into a nice, nice dessert.
0: <laughs> no, and you know there's talk of the you know the Daleks being logical and blah blah blah, and when they're not logical. I mean the right. the awesome thing about Daleks is they're completely illogical. Um, and they're creatures of pure emotion <laughs> not of logic mm-hmm. and and deliberation i mean they're, they're they're super emotional they're one thing the one thing they isn't the one thing they aren't is logical mm-hmm. really um, yeah. i mean they like they like to think they're logical but in as in many things daleks are completely deluded about how awesome they are mm-hmm. yeah so daleks. i
1: you know i don't know if this was uh, a commission from Douglas Adams, or how this, or this was holed over from Tony Reed of the previous series, but I, in some places it really seems like Adams has done a complete rewrite in scenes, just as the dialogue between uh, the Doctor and uh, Romana, or just slipping in Ulan Kalufid in there, which is you know the big philosopher from Hitchhikers. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't think anyone was really paying attention to this. I think they were all just like, hooray, Daleks are back. Yeah, New companion. We don't really need to do anything. Um, As far as
1: I recall, Ken Grieve, the director, he was good friends with Adams. uh, And so we have him to thank for really setting the next story in Paris because for one evening, him and Adams just decided to head to Paris for dinner. right? And so that kind of put the whole city of death into motion for filming in paris and really season 17 has the city of death that's what stands out
0: in this which is which is you know a barnstorming right four-parter i mean you know it's Mm -hmm. it deservedly is famous for being pretty much as good as it gets and Mm -hmm. it is i mean it's you know it's 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 i mean obviously it's doctor who so there, there are some weird silly bits that don't really work but it kind of gets high ratings by accident because of an ITV strike as far as I remember but those high ratings are entirely deserved
1: yeah it's a brilliant story and it's often held up as the Doctor Who story for New Who it's the one that the only one for the more strident uh New Who fans to watch from the classic era right 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 and Michael Hayes the director and he this is this is his uh third and final story for Doctor Who. He had done Andres of Tara, but also uh, The Armageddon Factor. So he got lucky with the quality of script here that Adams and um, Graham Williams put together. And by setting it in Paris, I think just elevated it. I I don't think it would have the same panache (laughs) that, (laughs) that if they had set it in any UK city you know or if they yeah you know, i i don't think it would have had that je ne sais quoi as the doctors <laughs> so i'll
0: have to i mean i have to say i mean i i don't know how how many times you've been to paris i've been to paris a couple of times mm-hmm. um they didn't pick a very good day to go to paris it's pretty grey and mm-hmm. and miss and rainy looking Right. Um,
1: well, it's a rainy spring in Paris.
0: Nothing like a rainy spring in Paris.
1: More of a table vintage.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but other way, yeah, it's great. I mean, and and to bring back um, Julian Glover, who's amazing, um, mm-hmm. and Catherine Schnell, who's also amazing, and mm-hmm. David Graham, who's good, and everybody who's good in it, basically. Mm-hmm. It's, it's Cameos by John Cleese, John Cleese and, Cleese and, and LeBron. Lebron. That's mm-hmm. you know unnecessary, but but you know certainly <laughs> worth having. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, it's 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 gorgeous, you know, and it's really is worth watching, basically, very mm-hmm. much worth watching.
1: It's surprising in this season that this is like several levels uh, above what the general average of season 17 is. You have this amazing Doctor Who story so many different threads woven together and the writing's really crisp and the dialogue's fun. It's a type of dialogue that I think Adams was trying for within the previous story in Destiny that comes across very well with that rapport between uh, Ward and Baker and I wonder how much of this is elevated just to maybe they were in a good part in their relationship they were getting along, they were liking each other, they were in paris yeah, yeah that that comes across, and that's more than just a script that's the chemistry outside of the show between Tom and Lala
0: yeah, and I think I think this was the this was the beginning of their relationship, and I think mm. it's it's clear that you know they're having a really, they're having a really good time together obviously you know it didn't didn't that lasting that long um well. You know, I, mm. I, who am I to criticize um well I, I am i've been married <laughs> I've been married for a lot longer than they have um or were um but anyway, yeah, and I, it's 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 weird again, I mean, as much as everyone loves um Douglas Adams and you know he had relatively few stories to tell, and he had mm-hmm. relatively few jokes to tell right and it seems to me that this is the one Doctor Who episode in this season which he actually tried he actually did all that he wanted to do in, and then everything else is like, I don't know, whatever. And I guess, you mm-hmm. know, he had to work on this one because the script wasn't working, so he really had to do some work. Um, and as, you know, everyone knows about Douglas Adams, he was famously kind of, you know, found it hard to actually do the work mm-hmm. for which he was famous, which is writing things. And this, he apparently, you know, he because the the original script wasn't functioning correctly, mm-hmm. they had to rewrite it, and he really kind of poured all of his humor and and intelligence into this um in a right. way that he didn't bother to pour any of his humor and intelligence into anything else this season in my opinion.
1: I wonder if having David Fisher's draft script the Probably. one set in the casino helped. Yeah, yeah. Gave him form and it's it's rather than staring at a blank page he was down yeah. to editing, reworking, chopping, even if you're even with him bringing in a lot of new stuff, it's yeah. still he had that Fisher skeleton to refactor
0: yeah no that, that 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 makes a lot of sense to me, I mean, I think mm-hmm. he's you know typical in some ways a, you know a, a typical of a particular kind of writer is that you know he's much happier, not script editing because it's clear certainly we've talked with <laughs> we we talk about with nation that you know that 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 wasn't didn't seem to be something he was particularly good at, mm-hmm. um but you know really just taking someone else's bones as you've just said David Fisher's skeleton. And you know, just slapping his own flesh on it is, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, comes up with a with a with with something that's really really good. And the you mm-hmm. know, and then to have such a great cast, right, with everyone really giving their all, and you know, Julian Glover being, right. you know, half Bond villain, which of course he was only a couple of years later, um, right. and kind of half alien monster is just perfect brilliant
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's brilliant yeah. i think also not to overlook the contribution that williams uh, the producer graham course, williams yeah. did with the script too because he was able to wrangle this creativity of Adams into into the script and he and with williams contribution in plotting and writing too that i think with, between the three of those writers they came up with this brilliant thing it's not it's not the work of just one writer squirreling away in a script editor this is this is a all hands on deck we're screwed if we don't get something out the door in this case it all worked really well
0: yeah 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 you don't want to be faced with a blank screen at five thirty on a saturday mm-hmm. evening yeah. yeah
1: i think also helps that canine is absent from this yes
0: that also helps canine canine uh, to me just drags drags it drags it back because mm-hmm. as awesome as 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 John Leeson is doing the voice, mm-hmm. the prop is to me pretty uncharismatic and hard to wrangle. Right, um, and I I just it fills me with horror the idea of like canine, you know, ineffectively trying to trundle down the rickety pavements of Paris. <laughs> that would be like, oh geez, cobblestones, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Mhm.
1: Yeah, there wasn't really even a point for K9 in the story where you could see K9 working except for trying to pair up with uh, Duggan who I think is pretty obviously supposed to be Tintin with the blonde hair, the flowing uh, Oh, that's I haven't flowing... thought of that. Really? Okay.
0: Wow, is that is that is that an original thought of yours?
1: i doubt it i think i've read it somewhere or heard it really somewhere, but... i
0: think that's i think that's amazing i have literally never thought of that before i because i I've, I've always read Duggan as, as as has been described in other things that i read as being you know bulldog drummond oh um, okay and one mm-hmm. of those you know 19 which i think is original i think that's the original thought of fisher's script is that we're right. in the 1930s right. and this is a a kind of a fisty cuff kind of biggles bulldog drum and kind of 1930s hero but then of course you know what, what what is another awesome 1930s hero from the continent from belgium well that's tintin of course so yeah wow that's it, that's great so uh, that's
1: what i interpreted him always to be as kind of tintin with the big uh, raincoat and the blonde hair and kind of the the boyish frame that it seemed to me like this was doctor who meets tintin in in without snowy
0: <laughs> well with if they had <laughs> if they'd had um <laughs> K <K-9>. nine, <laughs> yes that would have been snowy that's perfect
1: yeah. right
0: oh funny yeah i hadn't thought about i hadn't thought of that at all that's, that's 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 kind of genius that will next time i watch this i will be um <laughs> i'll be thinking about that and and trying to see whether that's right or not that's that's a, that's a really insightful i like that
1: yeah well i could be totally wrong but that's how i always yeah. that's how i always interpreted uh Tom Chad Bonds Duggan as Tintin. Cause this, uh, this, even I, even the name is kind of Tintin. It is kind
0: of Tintin. I'm 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 now going to ask you about Tintin. Did you? I mean, because Tintin's really not that well known in the United States.
1: Oh well, I. I, yeah, I had Tintin books for some reason. They were at the, really? uh, they were in the Ramsey County Library system and really? The Secret of the Unicorn nice was probably my favorite one and Red Rackham's Treasure, I think, was probably my favorite. The first part of right, right, that, right, right, that, right. that two-story one. And so I read that, wore that book out for the library, those two books out for the library.
0: Interesting. Tintin. But
1: huh. they, yeah, for some reason my library ha- had Tintin and they were very near the Doctor Who t- uh, ah! pinnacle novelizations.
0: So, there you like, go. Uh, they yeah. kind of bled into each other. They bled into each other. Perfect, yeah. yeah, we are, they, yeah I, I loved Tintin when I was a kid. I think they're, they're, they're great stories.
1: Yeah, they are. They are page turners to the extreme.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so City of Death. I'm not, not going to criticize that one. Um, Creature of the Pits. From the pits, I'm going to criticise that one um, because, you know, I'm not actually sure when I last watched this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess technically speaking, I should have watched this whole season in preparation for this podcast. Um, (laughs) But spoiler alert, I didn't. Uh, And I, 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 I can remember really unenjoying this when it was on. And I'm not convinced that I would fully enjoy it if I watched it again now.
1: Mm. I did watch this recently uh, oh please <laughs> and it has an amazing jungle this is a fantastic jungle uh, the jungle that you would have wanted for Kinda in, uh, in season 19
0: it's not as good as Zeta Minor though is it sure no
1: it's not as good as Planet of Evil Right, but it's, it's not meant to be a Planet of Evil jungle it's supposed to be a very verdant <laughs> a planet, green
0: Planet of Good
1: well, it's supposed to be uh, verdant and green and uh, the right, right, planet of right, right. evil is more blue and purple and have Horrible. uh plants that spit oil right. or whatever. Uh this one is meant to be more jungly, I guess. Right. And I'm a fan of David Fisher. <laughs> uh, David Fisher's script, I think the idea that you have an alien that comes from a planet that has Uh, overabundance of mineral wealth, iron and other types of uh, substances that would come to a planet that is uh, rich in uh, plant material. And the one person that owns the metal or all the metal on the planet uh, decides to fling the big uh, blob into the pit rather than have a profitable treaty because that would diminish her power. I think the ideas are really good. Where I think this falls down is possibly uh, Douglas Adams's influence and Graham Williams uh, dropping the ball in production. Ultimately, it comes down to Arado, I think, and the disappointment or the embarrassment that this uh, uh <laughs> object, object, this alien, uh, does. I think this is graham Williams not caring (laughs) really
0: and i think it's confusing to me how shows like doctor who and i think doctor who's probably the chief villain in this one Mm -hmm. thinks that they can do an amorphous blob as a monster when if you give it more than one second or more than 10 seconds thought what you will realize is that it is not possible to do unless you want to invent computer generated imagery 20 years before it gets invented Mm. Um, you can't do an amorphous blob Um, you know you think about the ogron the Mm -hmm. god of the ogrons (laughs) Um, you think about the axons and you know how one axon is basically a man rolling around in a bag you can't do blobs Mm. and actually I think the best blobs are in fact the axons because because axons are partly done using you know very primitive well, okay, here's, here's here's another blob, the gel guards or are they gel guards? Um <laughs> you you can't it, it can't be done. It can't be done effectively using physical effects and and I think Erato is prime example of that.
1: Hmm, so I would argue that if they didn't put the big phalus on Erato. Ah. Yeah. That it could have worked if they just would have done the blob, the big green blob, the person in the bag, bags rolling around and maybe some uh, pumps or something to have them swell or breathe or something and have the inside lights it it was it was the uh the big appendage the big appendage i think that made the blob not work more than anything else
0: yeah i guess um i don't know i guess i mean i suppose i'm going to argue against myself i don't know how else they would have realized a giant creature in the pit, like a Sarlacc style. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But they didn't have to do the appendage.
0: They didn't have to do the appendage though again, I mean, the Doctor has to communicate, commune with... with a in some way i don't know it's just it's kind of silly mm-hmm. really i'm sorry um yeah well the there's, other be- there's people with beards as, as far as i can remember who i didn't like at the time as well jeffrey
1: balden is in there that's probably who you organ yeah
0: yeah i am and i you know as much as i think one admires jeffrey balden for you know his work as cat weasel and you know various other things and doing mm-hmm. some big finishes well okay so i mean we we have another famous tour of the scenery coming up which is graham crowden mm-hmm. in the horns of nyman yeah. and you get the impression that you know graham williams was kind of going through his address book like you know who are the old men who are the crazy old men that i know <laughs> right um okay it's bail in this one we'll get crowden in for the Nymons, you know and it's mm-hmm. like anyway yeah mm-hmm. it's irritating
1: well, I think the grubby little men that they had in there, I think, is another detraction from this where it doesn't yeah. work. But yeah. I do like Adrasta, Myra Francis. I think she's a really good female baddie. Yeah. In previous seasons, I had mentioned. I think season sixteen, I had mentioned like the ogre were one of the monsters that I introduced into my Dungeons and Dragon playing, and wolfweeds. In
0: oh, the wolfweeds. Okay, they Creature are, they from are the put- pit. They're quite cool, actually. Yeah. Yeah, okay, all right. I'm warming to it again a little bit now. Yeah, all right.
1: So those were another monster that uh, I introduced that made a direct crossover from Doctor Who into Dungeons & Dragons. So at the time, it was stimulating my imagination enough that this was an interesting enough story. And this was one of the stories that I had on a, a target novelization, but my target novelization was a misprint, so it ended... <laughs> like a, a couple chapters early So I never <laughs> I never had the complete target novelization On this one
0: what, what? What? Some pages had fallen out or something
1: I know this was from uh, Probably B. Dalton's or oh, right. Walden Books but it was a target Misprint at least the ones that made it To the states and it ended wow. Right when Arado Was weaving uh, his uh, Egg around the uh, Neutron star Wow or yeah, which and is th- that was a, it
0: more quite unconvincing special effects on that one as far <laughs> as I remember. Really, yeah. so so you kind of had to kind of make up your own ending. Well, you knew the ending because you've seen it on the. Television. I had yeah.
1: I had seen it, but it, I it was very abrupt ending, and it's sort of like, well, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so. Dear. Yeah. Uh, so this was one of the ones that I had bought w- as a target novelization. So there was something about the planet Chloris Arado that captured my imagination that I wanted to watch it in my mind again. But it it, it didn't it didn't even work as a target novel because it was abruptly ended.
0: Mm, mm. Well, and so I mean <laughs> I mean that's yeah that's that's all I've got to say about the creature of the pit. That I said, I may, maybe maybe I need to give it another proper watch and actually pay yeah. attention
1: to. I won't stop you by any means, but there are there are, <laughs> there are great things about it. I think like I said uh Lady of Mary Frances. Right. The ideas are interesting. The Douglas Adams rewrite uh i think is a it makes it a little too jokey and then having these uh these grubby little men and lala wards uh, this is her worst costume it is totally unflattering for her and i it must have been a mary tam script or a mary tam costume i
0: might be misremembering something here but i think this is what we like to do on this podcast isn't it mm. um, i mean was wasn't this the first one they made
1: it's the first one with David Briarley as K-9. That was another abrupt uh, yeah. change. So it might right. have been the first one they made of season 17, or maybe they didn't yeah, have yeah, it.
0: Yeah, but here you go. The, I'm, I'm on Wikipedia now. This was actually the first serial of the season to be filmed. Mm, okay. As a result, Lala Ward's performance and the manner of dresses, Romana, is somewhat different to from that scene in the previous broadcast serials since she was still working out her character at the time. Okay. There you go.
1: So it shows, it really shows that this is the first one that Adams is going on and it's pretty dodgy and I don't think it solely comes down to Arado. I think it's more than just that. I think it's the the misplaced jokes or the mistimed jokes. Obviously Tom is not taking this seriously at all. No. The ideas are good. You could imagine this would have been a better story. And why it didn't work, I think it's uh, many things. It wasn't wasn't just one thing. Arado being a, a joke. I think it's a, a a lot of things just were flat, and it's it's too bad because they did have some good good things with it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Hmm. The next one, though, yeah. again at the time, really disliked this intensely, and I think actually the two next stories, both Nightmare of Eden and Horns of Nymon. I disliked intensely at the time and I was very much picking up on Tom's comedic interpretation and I wasn't enjoying that at all as a, you know, as a, as a teenager, as mm-hmm. an early teenager. Um, and I think especially his kind of mugging for the camera in Nightmare of Eden, I found quite distressing because he'd been a kind of moody hero for me um, right. and to find that you know now he wasn't taking it serious no one seemed to be taking the show seriously anymore right again I was like well if you can't take it seriously then I can't take it seriously mm-hmm. and also I, I really didn't care I, I mean I wanted monsters and mm-hmm. the, the mandrels. <laughs> they're kind of stupid looking mm-hmm. however I mean I I now when I think about this and 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 again I've not watched it for a while probably maybe a year or so I actually kind of enjoy it and I enjoy the mandrels in the same way that I now kind of enjoy the, um, the Mavellans. Um, they are so dated mm-hmm. now with their big flares and the mm-hmm. way that they kind of stomp about. They're actually kind of cool.
1: Mm-hmm. This again, I think, really reminds me of Douglas Adams. This seems to yep. be more Douglas Adams. And of course, this is a, a Bob Baker script minus, uh, Dave Martin. So I think you really feel Douglas Adams is, uh, a pen or typewriter edits on the script a lot, and just the feel of it. This late '70s uh, BBC studio-bound production, yeah, it feels cheap. I guess it doesn't feel as rich as planet of evil which seems to me like a similar type story right? cuz you have that jungle and you have the spaceship and right. y- you can see these people at milleways it has the same production vibe or, uh, one less than uh the hitchhikers television series i guess it's a, it's right. a, like a, it's a, like a cheaper version of the hitchhikers television Series and the story is better than the production, I guess, and the ideas right. be, behind it are better than the production. It, it's it's an interesting idea that they're smuggling drugs in the form of these monsters that all they have to do is zap them that uh, becomes uh, you know the 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 very addictive drugs. Vroxin
0: Zerf, or something, yeah, whatever it's called. Vroxin, Vroxin, yeah,
1: yeah, Vrox. So there are interesting ideas. It just doesn't work. <laughs> it just
0: doesn't work. Was <laughs> wasn't was not was not this the one where Alan Bromley got kicked off by um Yeah. He You know, he... the director fell out with Tom and Tom sacked him basically and that yeah, was all the night. Graham Williams had
1: to take over, yeah. Graham Williams
0: had to take over and like Bromley never worked on the show again. And, right. and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean it doesn't seem to have be been a particularly happy production. Mainly mm-hmm. because I think at this point, Tom didn't want to be controlled by anybody, and no one could, no one could really control him. Right. Um, and if he didn't like what he was reading, uh, if, he doesn't, if he didn't like what he was saying, then he would take the piss out of it. Right. And that's actually a little bit unprofessional, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But it's Tom, so, you know, what can you do? And I think, in some ways, I mean, again, you know, I, I I wasn't there. I only know what I can see on the screen and what I read. But it seems like you know, it wasn't a particularly happy production, and he wasn't particularly happy with the job that he was being asked to do at this particular point, mm-hmm. and would much rather be doing something else. Probably, you know, going around to Lala's for a couple of bottles of wine. Right. Well, it's is it, what he really wanted to do.
1: Aside from yeah, aside from City of Death, it's really like Tom is done with the show at this point.
0: Yeah, there's something that's going to need him to bring him back in again. And there's, that thing hasn't happened yet.
1: Something needs to bring him back in. And he's distracted, perhaps, by having Lala and the off-screen romance going and developing. Sexy,
0: sexy Lala Ward mm-hmm. just hanging about, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, I don't have yeah. much much to say with it. It's uh, the Empress. It's a beautiful model uh filmed on video rather than on film and it doesn't look as good doing the video effects. So even no. even though Doctor Who has great model work, it's not being Uh, Shown as great model work due to the cheapness of filming it directly on video. So even the strengths of the BBC production aren't being realized by cost-saving measures in uh, Nightmare of Eden. It looks cheap. It looks cheap.
0: It looks cheap. Mm -hmm. Um, In a similar way, and let's go on to the Horns of Nymon. the similar way, Horns of Nymon also looks cheap, but actually... That works to its credit. (laughs) I really like The Horns of Naimon. Um, it's got to be after, if, if we put City of Death on some kind of, you know, macro pedestal right. and to take it out of the equation, The Horns of Naimon is the best one this season. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. Graham Crowden is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Graham Crowden as an actor pretty much in everything that he does because he's always just Graham Crowden. <laughs> and he's Graham Crowden in this too. And that's great mm-hmm. because Deed is a nut um, mm-hmm. and he plays him as a nut. Um, the Nymon are some of the I mean the costuming in this is fantastic. Right. Lala's costume is dressed up as a I've read somewhere, this isn't my intuition at all, this is somewhere that I read this is basically a Christmas pantomime. Yes. Um Well we talked about that, yeah. Yeah, Lala is the principal boy and she's dressed up in this hunting mm-hmm. costume or with all this red and she's kinda of hunting bulls. Mm-hmm. And the Nymon and they're just they're just so ridiculous. Yes the costumes, uh, uh, that it's just amazing they've got they've got these giant kind of goth um sort of uh, kind of jadune style platform <laughs> shoes on and then these weird little weird little kind of loincloths mm-hmm. um and then they're basically naked only painted right. black and then they've got these giant light up bulls, bull yeah. heads and you don't know whether they're aliens or robots or people wearing kind of goth platform shoes and light up bull mm-hmm. heads it's so bizarre that it just mm-hmm. works for me
1: you had mentioned Nightmare of Eden felt cheap, and so does Horns of Nyman. But it works really well because the yeah. Skanen Empire is in decline, and it's falling apart.
0: It's a cheap empire. Yeah, exactly.
1: Right. They're at the end, <laughs> and so you have this beat-up spaceship at the beginning, and they spend a lot of time in the labyrinth. It, it works, I think, really well in the over-the-top uh, costumes of... Uh, uh, i think sorak with the feathers and like you said it is christmas pantomime this came out in christmas time yep. it works surprisingly well in the story is engaging yeah. of the making a deal with this parasitic race on all these promises and then all they're doing is just bleeding your civilization yeah. dry
0: yeah and there's you know and this there's, there's, you know, there's only how many nine months are there like there's two probably Maybe three.
1: Three, three, I think, at the end.
0: Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's not many of them mm-hmm. because there aren't. Right. And they almost are like... They're like sort of parodies of Doctor Who monsters. And again, you know, obviously I don't really like parody in Doctor Who because was, as I've been saying all the way through this podcast, if they're not going to take it seriously, neither am I. Mm-hmm. But there's so much to enjoy in this and the performances are good. I think Tom is enjoying it a lot more than he's enjoyed the previous two.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, Lala is given... Kind of a lead role here in the plot. She becomes more of the Doctor throughout the story due to the the Tony Reed separating them. This is mm-hmm. uh, a, a Reed learning what he did from the Key to Time series, basically separating the Doctor and Romana. and this kind of uh, stages Romana for going off on her own at the near the end, mid season uh, eighteen. This shows her competence and that she is able to do the doctory type things. So I think it's a good uh, jumping off point for what is to come with Romana's character development by the time she leaves in Warrior's Gate. So it's a good foreshadowing or good uh, character development for her.
0: Yeah, yeah. And she's very good in it. And she looks amazing. Yes. Um, I mean, I, I don't want to bring it down to, you know, what people look like, but... Ladoward's not my type. <laughs> <laughs> um but she looks great in this. She looks fantastic. Um mm-hmm. she looks authoritative and elegant and she looks like the doctor's assistant. Mm-hmm. Um yet she has plenty of her own agency and mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 funny. I as I said, I despise this I mean, I think I was I felt a sour taste in my mouth after coming off of Nightmare of Eden. Um mm-hmm. and so I certainly wasn't gonna give uh, uh this one the benefit of the doubt. Um but horns of Nymon yeah, it's 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 the best one this season.
1: It's a lot of fun. Best one outside City of Death.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. No, I'm 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 putting I mean so City of Death gets measured against against everything else because right. it's so good. Right, right. Um, but if you <laughs> but if you're measuring kind of if you take that out of the equation, mm-hmm. Nymon yeah. is the one. Yeah, By and far. Exactly. Yeah. Lord Nymon. That's what I I love them. I love those Naimons. Mm-hmm. I'd if they they need to do it. If they did a Naimon action figure, I'd buy several of them. I think they're, I think they're that that Only
1: 3. I've... Then you can go how many Naimon have you seen today? <laughs> Only
0: 3. <laughs> um there is actually I am I am my finger is hovering over the button of buying the non action figure, the miniature of a Naimon cuz it's got its arm stretched out and it looks so awesome that I mm. kind of want one.
1: Is that the uh London Concrete design? Nyman?
0: yeah the, the 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 part work that yeah that, that comes out i mean yeah. i always i already have a croton from from mm-hmm. from that part work which i'm very fond of because again it's another kind of ridiculous piece of costume design which they're
1: coming I out with a joe martin doctor in that lane
0: they are and, and joe martin was complaining well not complaining on twitter she was pointing out on twitter that they've made her too thin huh okay. I think she was I think she was neither complaining nor celebrating oh, that. Observing. She was just point she was pointing it out. <laughs> well, yes, if exactly. she
1: looked at rest of the range, most of the human actors, humanoid characters are on the tall and thin side. That's one of the uh stylistic decisions I think they made with that whole range. Yes.
0: Oh everybody 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 looks the same. Yeah. So uh yeah.
1: We say goodbye to Dudley Simpson, his final Final score with Horns of Naiman.
0: That was a mistake. I mean, I, I mean, maybe. I mean, did, did Dudley want to go or did they sack him? No,
1: he was sacked by JNT.
0: Boo. Yep. Sorry, it's a mistake. When
1: JNT became producer, he took Simpson out to lunch. Simpson thought he was they were going to discuss the forthcoming season. And instead, John Nathan Turner said, We aren't going to be needing your services. And thus endeth the contributions of Doctor Who's greatest composer.
0: One of British television's greatest composers. I mean, in some ways, Doctor Who was very lucky to have Dudley Simpson. True, yes. And that was a retrograde step, and it is one of the things that makes me dislike that producer. I'm not going to say his name. (laughs) I'm not going to say his name. (laughs) Um, No, I think I was silly. I mean, I think I can only imagine that what he was doing is, you know, okay, I'm the producer now. What should I do to put my mark on this show? What is the most successful thing about this show that I can actually change? It's the music. Right, ease off, and we'll get some you know, some awful twiddly radiophonic stuff now for the rest of the 80s. From
1: what I understand, it was a cost-saving
0: measure. Oh, uh, with the too much music?
1: Well, not too much music. Uh, hiring a composer, this is probably the same complaint that Camfield had. Hiring a composer is more expensive than doing special sounds from the BBC Radiophonic Workshop.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, it's more expensive because it's better. And <laughs> when you don't have it, it sounds cheaper because you haven't spent so much money. And that's mm. exactly how the 80s mm. sound to me. They sound cheap.
1: Well, I think we had some good scores in the 80s, but we'll talk about that when we talk about we season can talk 18. About
0: that. I- and again, you know, sort of ironically speaking, you know, it's the 70s when there wasn't any money. Mm-hmm. The 80s, it's like, well, hey, it's the 80s. Everyone's got money now. And Doctor Who just becomes cheaper and cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. Or it becomes more and more expensive to make, mm-hmm. I guess. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: We end the 70s with a strike. We do. As, the final as... final story of 17 doesn't
0: get made. So we're not going to discuss it.
1: Nope. Shut up.
0: Shut up. Yeah, Sharda, you know, it's as I said, it's it's there's too much of it. They're always redoing it because it's supposed to be the, an amazing piece of work. And I don't see it, I'm afraid. Mm. It's okay, but, you know, it's Douglas Adams is excited to write something set in his beloved Cambridge. Mm. Um, and that's really all that it is.
1: You don't think this is your Oxford uh, prejudice coming through?
0: Well, obviously, Cambridge is very, very, very second rate. <laughs> Well, i might even say third or fourth rate university but um no it's it's it's, it's red brick almost it's, well huh? there's a lot of red bricks in, in i'm not i mean you you said it um but there's a lot of red bricks in in um cambridge, cambridge. um christopher neim is good i like christopher Neem. um mm-hmm. uh, no one else is good <laughs> in my opinion
1: <laughs>
0: okay yeah well i like the
1: um professor cronotus actor uh dennis Carey. I thought he was good. I liked that uh, bit. But uh, Christopher Neems. I... Was it Christopher Neems? Yeah, Christopher Skagra. Yeah, yeah, Skagra, yeah. But, uh, but Daniel Hill, Chris, who played Chris Parsons...
0: Uh, uh, I... That's bad, yeah. But we're not going to talk we're not gonna about talk, Shada. Yes, well, <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about it, mainly because it's set in Cambridge, and and obviously this is an anti-Cambridge podcast.
1: <laughs> well, we're not going to talk about Shada because it wasn't broadcast. And... Yeah, it's
0: not Doctor Who. I have to say the best version of Shada, in my humble opinion, so we are we are talking about it a little bit, is the mm. big finish adaptation version that they first produced all the way back in two thousand and four or something with with Paul McGann with the Eighth Doctor taking over the role.
1: Hmm. Have you seen the animated version?
0: Um, I've not the animated version with uh, with um, with Paul McGann, Tom Baker, with Tom Baker, Tom Baker. The, Mm-hmm. The, the, is is that in the newest version? I get so confused. How many versions are there now? Too many versions. So
1: way back when, in the in the nineties, uh, JNT released the VHS version. Yep, I have that somewhere with the with the script booklet, etc. Uh, and then uh, they took that and they released that one on DVD. In between that, uh, Big Finish did their production of Shada, which had Paul McGann and Lala Ward in there and then most recently i guess in between or after that uh ian levine did an animation had paid for an animation of shada with uh john Colsha doing the doctor's role
0: oh um yeah dead ringers man right okay the the the, the impressionist and doctor yes, Who fan. yes. But,
1: but rest of the original cast right and then the most recently charles norton did an animation with inclusion of Tom Baker. Tom Baker did his lines in there in an animation, and that's been the most recent one, and that's probably uh, the one that's considered the most official.
0: Most official, yeah. So Uh.
1: I think the story has a merit, I don't think it probably warranted being a six-parter. No. I would have really liked to see it finished. I think if it was finished, it would have been a really nice conclusion for season 17, the Douglas Adams era. It's basically grown in significance for two reasons. A, it wasn't finished. And I think that's J&T's fault for trying to clean house if williams had another season of course it would have been finished and then b due to douglas adams and the mystique around douglas adams being this very successful writer of the hitchhiker's guide chronicles that that elevated the story uh to almost missing well exactly missing episode status like a missing episode Yeah.
0: yeah and the the attention lavished upon sharder i wish they would lavish a similar level of attention on something like the space pirates for instance Hmm.
1: well perhaps one day perhaps we'll get an animation of the
0: space pirates ah yes please worth said i'm still holding out for a super marionation version (laughs) that is my jerry anderson i'm gonna keep on talking about that until it doesn't happen (laughs) and then i'm never going to mention it again Perhaps, 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 perhaps.
1: All you need to do is set up your own uh, marination, super marination company, <laughs> and and yeah. offer to do it, you know, for cheap.
0: <laughs> that's true. I wonder why there's only one. <laughs> there's only <laughs> wonder why there's only ever been one super marination company that's ever been set up in the history of hmm. the world. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> because it's not very good. That's why. Uh... <laughs> I've just been—I've been rewatching episodes of Thunderbirds on Amazon to cheer myself yeah. up on a, on a regular basis, and it is fracking awesome, but it is also a bit silly.
1: But that's that's good. You need
0: that exactly. You need that kind that's of why escapism. Like yes, yeah. that's why we like it exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, good. Um, so season seventeen—a strange season with City of Death just towering over much of almost all of Doctor Who, and then it's a weird season. And then it's a everything weird season. else.
0: <laughs> And podcast fans, you wouldn't believe the weirdness that we've had to deal with trying to get this podcast <laughs> recorded this evening um will we will never breathe what the various uninteresting things that happened yeah.
1: that it's been an adventure made this,
0: made this difficult it has been an adventure uh, but it's a weird se- it's a tot- it's a weird season it's a weird season it's written weirdly it's acted weirdly there's one genius story in it the final story doesn't happen it's a weird season, mm-hmm. and it makes me feel anxious yes. thinking about it.
1: Well, we should conclude on that note then. Uh, thank you for listening <laughs> to episode 170 of the Metabulous Tube podcast. I have been writing This is a Fake and all the real to real tapes that this podcast has been recorded on with Ben.
0: And I have been furiously hating Cambridge University with David. <laughs> Even though he doesn't really care that, that there's a difference between the two. Is there
1: really a difference?
0: No, they're the same. <laughs> Oxbridge. They're just in very slightly different parts of the country. One has rowing. You and walk, You could walk. You could walk between them in a day. Yeah, A couple of days, maybe. I don't well, know. that's
1: probably what happened back in the Middle Ages. Indeed. Indeed. You had the bookleggers m- moving exactly. books from library to library. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> Until next time. Farewell. Goodbye, Duggan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, goodness.